What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast. Joining us today, we have a couple really special guests that we're very excited about. Uh, when you look on Instagram, you look on TikTok, I'm sure, because all of our listeners are, are medical professionals, without a doubt, you guys have run in to this gentleman before who kills it with this sketch comedy, makes me laugh all the time, uh, which it just it does all the stereotypes for any type of uh, medical professional and specialist you can think of. And when he's not doing that, he's, his career is pretty extravagant. We're talking, giving the keynote uh, for Yale Medical School commencement, um, talking about U.S. Surgeon General um, collaboration and things that basically make Cole and I very jealous and uh, realize that we need to probably work a little harder and, and step it up. Um, I would like to thank uh, Dr. Will Flannery and his wife, um, Kristen Flannery, and you guys probably know them much more uh, commonly as Dr. Glockenflecken and Lady Glockenflecken. Welcome to the show, y'all. It's good to be here. Thank Thanks for you. having us on. So this is a, a real treat for us. I think um, you know, we both have been watching you guys for quite some time, and to actually meet you in person is uh, very cool. Cole, you, and Cole's yeah. brother is a, a physician, and he knew all about you when we mentioned we were coming on. He's like, I love that guy. Yeah, they're the one. My, <laughs> my, my older brother is a family vet physician. He's the one who introduced me to you, and um, nice. I've, I've got to say, your character is just absolutely spot on. And my <laughs> other brother works in surgery again completely oh yeah they, they think you're fantastic yeah people people love the surgery characters everyone <laughs> loves to make fun of the surgeons it's right. always fun yeah mm-hmm. so, so i guess uh, can you give us a little bit you know background as far as what's the origin story for this when did it start how did you come up with this idea well it started in about 2016 um i was at an ophthalmology conference it was it's like an ophthalmology vision research conference which is as exciting as it sounds and um i was bored to tears uh i'm not it was i basically used it as like an excuse to go on a trip because my department was paying for it um and and so I, I was I was extremely bored and needed to fill the time. And a, fr- a friend of mine suggested that I join Twitter, uh, and I was like, okay, I can do that. And I knew it was, I was you know I was a doctor, but also I knew this was going to be a comedy because that's what I do. I you know I had a, I have a background in stand up comedy, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to use this to tell jokes. Uh, and so I need to have some kind of funny kind of weird name uh, to call myself. And I settled it on Dr. Glockenflecken because it was the most ridiculous word in ophthalmology. Yes, it's it's actually a real a real word, and people don't a lot of people don't know that. Why would you know that? Why would anybody know that? But um, uh, it was either that or like the other candidate was Dr. Pseudofacodenesis, nice. which was a little bit too much, too many syllables. Um, so yeah, that's how I started on Twitter and. Uh, you know, for several years until I moved over to making video content on TikTok. That's the origin story. Very exciting. That's cool. <laughs> so, so you actually got your your start with comedy with stand up. Yeah, I was uh, in a, I was in high school in, uh, in Houston, uh, and a friend of mine who uh, was doing it and was like, "Oh, that sounds like fun." And I started doing um, just writing jokes and hanging out at the comedy club and hanging out with other really funny people. And you know, I, I wasn't that good to start with I, you know I, I had like the comedic timing down pretty well because i you know just sometimes you just kind of have 
have that a little bit, you know, I was always the one that was telling jokes with my friends and, you know, the class clown kind of thing. And so, um, but I, I learned a lot and got, got better the more I did it. Um, and looking, looking back at some of the, some of the jokes and the content that I was making jokes about, it, it wasn't very good, you know? And, and so, <laughs> but it did help me, you know, over time to just, and that's kind of how stand up is. You just kind of got to do it and jump in with both feet and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm, it's scary, but it's fun. I was just going to say, I imagine that's got to be probably one of the most nerve wracking hobbies, if you will, to when you're starting off to pick up, because I mean, if you're not funny, there's just the crickets has got to be like devastating to your ego. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's like high, it's like extremes, right? Cause it, it's either you're, you're really, uh, um, you get a lot of laughs and like you, you know, a joke really hits well, or it bombs terribly. And, and those are very, um, kind of wide, you know, spreads of emotion there. <laughs> so Kristen, you guys met in college. Is that right? We did. We both went to Texas Tech University in nice. Lubbock, Texas. Very exciting. So I guess you've been with him throughout the whole um, inception of Dr. Glockenfleck. And I guess he has a background in comedy, so you, you probably presume that, that he may be successful. But I imagine our spouses who, they're both medical, but, <laughs> you know, I, when I'm leaving for a few hours to go, like, record with Mike and I leave my wife there with... The, the baby she's like you know you just going to hang out with mike i'm like no you know we're going to like we're going to do stuff like it's important um when 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 will was there in his room recording videos by himself and doing these uh you know uh characters and putting towels on his head and stuff were you concerned or did you just always have faith in him like yeah he's gonna hit it big it's gonna it's gonna be good well i'm not sure why you're using the past tense for one thing <laughs> still doing that what do you think I'm very nice? Well, he, yeah. he spends all that time. What do you think but, I'm doing but yeah, after but, I, but after I finish this podcast. But yeah, but now we, but now we know that it hits and everybody's gonna love it. So now it's now it makes total yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, first, first of all, so yes, I've been along for the the whole ride since he was just a biology major, um, and I was a psychology major, and I am not medical in any way. Um, I went to grad school while he went to med school. Um, and then I, we got married during that time and have been together, you know, ever since. So I've been along for the whole ride from undergrad through to, you know, being an attending. Um, so that's been a, an interesting <laughs> thing to witness. But, um, as far as the videos, you know, at first he wasn't doing this for any particular reason other than right. just that it's a hobby, um, so I already knew by that point that he's just a weird guy. A very time-consuming <laughs> hobby. So <laughs> it didn't yeah. surprise me that he'd want to sit in a room by himself and talk to himself as other people <laughs> because I've known him so long. But yeah, um, no, if anything, it's been surprising that it has taken off so much because there was never any strategy or, or goal to do mm -hmm. any of that. Um, it was just something that was a fun way for him to spend time, blow off steam, be creative. Yeah. It's my creative outlet. I always like to make people laugh. And so just, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. I was, you know, seeing the people, people's reactions to it and seeing what, what people liked and what they didn't. And fortunately most people liked it. And so I kept doing it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's excellent. Now, when you were in med school, uh, I've, 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 heard that your third year in med school was uh, uh, a little bit um, world 
shaking uh, to say the least i think it's yeah. and, and do you, can you give us a little bit of uh the backstory on yeah i was um you know in my third year i i i was diagnosed with testicular cancer i was in my mid-20s i don't know how old i was then i must have been 26 something like that i don't know uh, was, it seems a long time ago it was like a decade ago yeah. and um and so yeah i i, I woke up i think i was maybe at the end of my third year beginning of my fourth year um somewhere around there i woke up one morning and i just i i felt something weird going on in my testicle and i was like oh what's going on here what's this all about and i was uh uh you know i knew it was um supposed to that wasn't supposed to happen i wasn't supposed to have like three testicles down there there's like something going out of my other testicles so i was like let's go check it checked out and uh very di quickly diagnosed with cancer and yeah that's a that's a cancer that if if you catch it early enough it's it's easy easy to treat and i just had to have surgery but it all moved uh, very quickly and um uh and i had surgery uh, within a, it was a, the same a, day you got your same day i got the ultrasound yeah oh wow they just took wow. me back there and chopped it off and uh that's that was it um but it did, you know, so, you know, physically it was fairly straightforward, but then, you know, it, it's hard, you know, mentally to be in your twenties and have cancer. And so, um, I had to, you know, I actually started doing stand up comedy again, because at that point I, I had gotten away from stand up just because life in med school is just too hard to, to work that in. But then I, I kind of forced myself. I was like, I started writing jokes about my cancer experience, and uh, it had kind of helped me process, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of it taught me the value of humor as a coping mechanism for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that's you know great that you were able to utilize it because I feel like that's for a lot of people. I mean, I know for me, if something bad's going on, I've never had anything to that extent, obviously. But um, I feel like humor is just in make, trying to make light of it, and that's kind of how I cope with things as well. So it's always nice to hear, especially people who've been through something that you know serious and at such a young age, and to be able to use that use humor, and and I think that's such an awesome you know way of of handling it and. And it extended to the, you know, even then eight years later or so, whenever the pandemic hit and it's kind of a similar thing, you know, people, uh, I, I found that making these silly videos was, it seemed to help other people cope as well with, uh, the very significant challenges that were happening in healthcare. Um, and so it's, you know, that, that was my, the first time I was like, oh, and this is really something to just being able to share a laugh with an audience about a difficult subject, something that's um, very challenging either in your life or other people's lives. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, when you went to the doctor after you had found the the lump mm -hmm. and said, Hey, I'm a med student. I think I have cancer. Did they no, roll their I, eyes? Cause I imagine, uh, yeah. constantly, you know, like my brother must have diagnosed me with a hundred things when he was, <laughs> when he was in med school. school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even think that, uh, that I, I don't remember what I said, but you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I it was like student health. I know where I was. So I went into student health and I, I, I don't think I ever told them I was the med student. I, I did tend to not like divulge a whole lot of that kind of information when I go to a new doctor. Um, sure. and so I went at, and I, I, one thing I do remember from that initial encounter was just how quickly, um, it was like the exam was so fast, like, yep, obviously there it is. Let's send you over, get you an ultrasound. I think I know what this is and this is what we're going to do. So it was just very, 
yeah, there's, there's just no, there was no doubt about it, you know? And so in, in that way it made it easier because it just, it went really quickly. I didn't have time to like sit there and think about it and separate on the, the potential ramifications and, of right. this and everything. And so it just kind of like, they just put you through and got it done, which I appreciated. Yeah. 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 Now, Kristen, uh, that wasn't his last, uh, I guess, run in with um, a medical emergency. Um, and you were involved in another pretty big moment, I guess, in y'all's life uh, when it comes to a medical emergency situation. Um, can you give us some insight for the listeners who haven't heard the story before? Can you give us some insight as to what happened later on? Yes. Um, Where you saved the day? Right off. I mean, there's so many things that happened later on, but. Uh, <laughs> right um yes so he had testicular cancer and then he he had testicular cancer again in residency and then in 2020 he had um a cardiac arrest in his sleep so it was about 4 45 in the morning um the day right after mother's day and um i woke up to him making these really weird sounds and um i am not in any health related field so um I didn't know what it was and it was, you know, May of 2020. So I, the sounds were kind of respiration based. Uh, and so my mind went straight to COVID of course. Um, but I learned later that those were agonal respirations. So it was a very kind of specific sound. Um, and it, you know, I was coming out of a deep sleep and so I thought he was just snoring at first. Um, but then like he wouldn't respond and then he kept making the sound and the sound got, you know, more and more sort of urgent and panicked sounding. Um, and so then I, I called 911 and um, the dispatcher walked me through chest compressions. I did hands-only CPR for 10 minutes um, before paramedics arrived. And then they got there and they shocked his heart five times and gave him all the medications that you give someone in that situation and sent him off to the hospital. So, um, wow. yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> harrowing wild sure. adventure yes yeah yeah so, so when, when did when you like woke up i guess when what's the first memory you have after that situation um i think one of the the first memories i i have is of uh setting up my my icu nurse roger setting up a a, a facetime call with Kristen. Uh, and I, I remember the tone in her voice as we were talking and she's like very calm and like matter of fact and telling me what happens, like you're in the hospital. And, um, and, and so I, the tone of, of your voice, that's like something that sticks out to me. Yeah. Cause it's not like a usual tone I would use with you. It's like what you might use with a kid, right? right. Of like this is what's happening. And this yeah. is <laughs> exactly. You know, because I was still very out, out of it, not able to retain new memories. Do you know how quick, how soon it was after they lifted the sedation that we talked? Do you know? Uh, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. I kept detailed notes. Did you? Uh, well, but been... I couldn't be there with him. I couldn't be in the hospital, so I had to write down everything they were saying. You know, I didn't. Couldn't have been more than a few hours, probably. Um, that they we I called you. We got to talk so they would have uh warmed you back up the next morning and then i think i got to talk to you like late that afternoon or into that evening yeah yeah 
so i the whole the whole timeline is super fuzzy for me obviously but and so that was that was covid related that you couldn't be with him i yeah so were you getting Uh, up consistent updates i mean that's got to be i I would be super nerve-wracking yeah yeah i was it was she had to go get her own updates yeah it it wasn't a good experience at all um i like to think that it was because COVID had everything kind of upended i don't know um probably contributing but not all of it yeah you know they they did things like they would put me in a so i got to go in initially because it was an end of life case um Mm -hmm. and so i got to go in as an exception but everything was all abnormal and so they didn't really know where to put me and so they put me in this waiting area in the radiology department um, where it was like where patients would go change into their gowns for their scans and then sit in this room and wait for the doctor to come get them. Um, so I was in this room with random naked people coming in and out and, <laughs> um, they were gowned, but yeah. you know. <laughs> so that's barely Close clothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but it was the radiology department. So the walls are lined with lead. So it cut off my cell phone signal and I uh, had to go geez. in alone. Right. So it's things like this that happen all the time to so many people and no one thinks about it. And it's such an easy fix if you just thought for two seconds about yeah. what the the experience is for these for the family members or for the patient. Um, so I had that's one example, one small example of, of many just really traumatic things that happened during that time. Um, but I I did get some phone calls. Um, I tried to, you know, sometimes I needed to call in to, to make sure I got one that day. I, I know they were trying their best to give me updates, um, but it was crazy times and they had a lot going on in the ICU in May of 2020. So, mm. um, so that was tricky, but I kept notes and I called, thankfully with him being, um, in the medical field, we have a lot of friends that are also in the medical field. And so I was able to call some of our friends and just say, this is what they told me. I have no idea what the implications of that are. What, you know, what do you think this means? Um, so I was able to, to kind of piece things together over time and, um, I should go back and look at those notes sometime. I'm sure they are <laughs> illuminating. Traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely traumatizing. I do remember. So I, ha- I wear, uh, you know, an, Apple watch. And I remember, um, I, I always look at it at the end of the day. It's just a habit at this point to see like, where all my, did I close my rings today? You know, um, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like goals for the day. Yeah. Fitness goal, movement goals. Yeah. Um, my wife notifications from other people that they finished their rings and it just makes me feel shameful that I haven't finished my rings. Yeah. Powerful motivator. Yeah. It is. Uh, but yeah, that day I, my Apple watch told me that I had walked 10 miles and I had been in my house all day. That was pacing. I just paced all day. So it was very nerve wracking, um, obviously, but, but it all turned out okay in the end. So (laughs) that's good. Well, when you, is that the first time you've ever had to do compressions? I'm imagining. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the only time I would prefer. But yeah. yeah, that was the the first time. Not if I have anything to do with it. Yeah, well, he's trying to die on me. Uh, no, but yeah. I couldn't move him um, for various reasons, and so I had to just do it there on the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, when that's going on, I mean, how how are you? Are you are you the kind of person who stays calm in situations like that, or were you? It were turns you, out I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I have anxiety, and so 
it turned out that's like really helpful because I've already thought through every day. I'm thinking through all the horrible things that might happen at worst case scenarios. And what would I do? And where are the exits? And is there an AED in the building? And just all of these things. Right. So that's just how my brain works on a normal day. So um, in the in the moment, um, of course, it was scary, but uh, it's also you just sort of go into this weird headspace of like, well, yeah. this is just what needs to be done. And, and so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to focus on doing that and we'll worry about the rest later, you know? Um, so I was thinking of all of the very practical and logistical things of, you know, trying to obviously convey all the information that I needed to, to the dispatcher. And then as I was doing the compressions, you know, she would ask follow-up questions and then that would make me think of another thing to tell her. And, um, you know, I was telling her like which corner of the house we were in and I was giving her the garage code so they could try to come in that way. And I asked her, you know, if they could shut the kid's door when they came upstairs because I didn't want the kids to wake up and come out and, you know, see their dad like this. And um, so I was just thinking of things yeah, like that. And could multitask at a time like that. So <laughs> and then if they were working on it downstairs. I didn't want to watch that um i i was down there initially and i was like i don't know if i can keep it together for this part and i don't want to get in the way so um so i went back upstairs and just keeping myself busy i was like okay well i gotta call our parents uh i gotta call his office make sure they know that they'll need to reschedule his patients for the day pack a hospital bag to send with them in case he goes to the hospital like i was just thinking of all of the in retrospect it's just kind of funny it's just all the little Practical Every piece of that is elements. way better than what I would do in that situation. I can't just stop <laughs> imagine. No, my board would have no idea what happened because there's yeah. no way to be calling. And there's there's no chance I would think of doing that. Yeah, um, that's well, amazing. Like, yeah, he would be so mad at himself if he just didn't show up for work one day. Like I was thinking of what his reaction would be. Yeah, and, sure. I mean, it's just the weirdest things go through your head at that <laughs> at that moment. But I was like, it's going to be very important to him that I think I had a I pretty this call. Uh, yeah, excuse. yeah. I'd say as excuses go, that's pretty <laughs> solid. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I was in cardiac arrest. I'm going to be at least late tomorrow. <laughs> at least <laughs> late. Yeah. Yeah, right. Be after lunch. Um, yeah. That's amazing. That's. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, so, that Will, on the other side of that, did. Was that motivating for you to continue with your content? Did you go through a period where, you know, I don't know, you things changed uh, or kind of? I, well, I, I woke up in the ICU and pretty much immediately started tweeting again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I would say it didn't deter me from posting on social media. That's I think that's how Kristen knew that I was going to be okay is when I started like making coherent tweets. That it was you in there. Like I knew you were going to survive. They told me yeah. that. Um, but we still didn't know like if you were able to function cognitively in the same yeah. way. And so when you made that tweet, I saw that along with everyone else in the world and <laughs> it's like, oh, good. He's still in there. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, uh, you know, that, that I would say I, I pretty much documented the whole journey, you know, of recovery and dealing with insurance and all this stuff that comes after a major medical event. Uh, and but even at that point, I, I had started my my TikTok channel at that point, um, and so I was you know making little videos and everything. But but that really started kicking in, I guess you know once I recovered from the 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 cardiac arrest, started you know making content about you know our healthcare system as well, and then yeah, it was mostly like rage based. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like basically venting my frustration with, with, you know, 
insurance denials and prior authorizations and stuff. And, and sure. that yeah. ultimately started to inform my comedy a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's an incredible story. And, and I, I feel like if, you, if there's ever a debate about like, you know, which color furniture or paint, you know, wall paint or something like that, I feel like she's got a pretty good tiebreaker if you guys are well, ever. She never, like, well, she never has consulted me for no, anything. Never asked gotcha. Her. Well, that's, <laughs> that, that's strong suit. Uh, we both know it. So. That's, really that's, that's a good, that's a good policy. <laughs> we have a very color coded house, uh, and interior and, and she, she like pretends to, to, involve me in these types of decisions that you don't hate it yeah that's my criteria that's as long as you don't hate it I'm, do I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with yeah. myself that I, I actually do command at least that level of, <laughs> that, of interest that is good that's funny that you brought up those examples because you surely don't care about no it, not even a little bit my wife knows yeah. not even to bother because i mean i have zero fashion sense or anything like that so i'm like no i'm the wrong person to ask anyway <laughs> yeah. if i think it looks anything... good it probably doesn't in his environment, he doesn't notice it changing. He doesn't notice if it looks good, if it looks bad, if it's messy, if it's clean. Who who even knows? All he's actually reminding about is... me that I need a haircut. Yes. Oh no, just thinking about this, talking about this. She always looks so much better than me on camera. Yeah. So how uh, how did ophthalmology come about? Is that something that's always been an interest for you, or is that something that's kind of came about after during med school? Or yeah, it came out during like late toward the end of med school. I didn't know what I wanted to do for quite a while. Um, yeah, I briefly thought about different like internal medicine things or, um, surgery. And eventually what, what really happened was I, I did my core required rotation in vascular surgery, which was pretty awful. I would have to say just in terms of long hours, you know, lots of blood it's, which is the opposite of ophthalmology completely uh, and so uh, i left that rotation and started a, a an elective in ophthalmology and and all of a sudden i was like able to go home at a reasonable hour and develop meaningful relationships with my family again like that was that was that was cool i enjoyed yeah. that i got to sit down in the operating room i got to you know it, it was just i loved the outpatient side of medicine and it's it spoke to me a lot more than in, in patient medicine. I just rounding was was like a nightmare for me. I, I hate it. Like the hours and hours spent rounding in the hospital. I just I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do that for a for in in my career. And so outpatient was the route for me. Or radiology. I briefly thought about radiology, but I'm a bit of a weirdo, and I I liked eyeballs way too much, and so that was the route I went. It also helped though that. It's so interesting how like little interactions you have with people early on can really like influence you one way or the other. Because I had my my um, academic advisor in med school who was just assigned to me uh, happened to be an ophthalmologist, and so I learned a lot. I remember at one point early in med school, like, I actually asked, "What is an ophthalmologist?" I had no idea what an ophthalmologist was. Like most people, at least know what like a cardiology a cardiologist yeah. is, and you know, dermatology and all that. but I had no idea. I didn't know what an ophthalmologist. I was like, Oh, is that, that's eyeballs, right? You do, what do, you, do you do surgeries? It's like all this stuff. And, and I had no idea. And so, and eventually I, and she told me like right at the beginning, she's like, you know, uh, you, you'll be back you, in terms of like coming back. You'll, you'll come back to ophthalmology. You'll, Cause I was like, I was always waffling like, Oh, I don't know what I want to do. And, and she was absolutely right. <laughs> Shout out to Susan Pepin. She, <laughs> She, she got me early. 
I think that's notable because when I watch your videos, um, you're cleverly self-deprecating towards like ophthalmology or dermatology, the ones that you would maybe describe as kind of yeah. being more cushy jobs. Um, mm -hmm. And then you seem to speak well of those other like jobs like internal medicine or some hospitalist jobs where they're killing themselves and working all these long hours. But it kind of paints a bleak picture of... <laughs> being a physician right especially in, yeah. the, in those other jobs and so i'm i'm curious like if you were talking to say an undergrad student somebody who hadn't committed to med school already mm -hmm. um knowing the process and i mean truly how how much you have to sacrifice to go through residency and i, I know my friends and family during residencies and fellowships it would the light at the end of the tunnel was getting past that and getting onto their actual job and their actual job is still like working long hours and charting on the weekends and going on call and all that kind of stuff. So do you tell, you know, younger yeah. folks to just go for it? Like, cause every high achieving person says, I want to do med school or do you kind of give them fair warning about the process? I, I you know, I try not to make it too bleak <laughs> um, and uh, try to highlight some of the, some of the positives. Um, but there's not, I mean, a lot of times the, it's the conflicts in medicine. It's like the, the that, that's where the, the the humor lies a lot because a lot of it's uh you know you're just trying to make light of situate of difficult situations because that's kind of what 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 you all you can do with some of the more challenging things in medicine um i think that the decision to do to go to med school to be a doctor i really i really think if you can't imagine yourself doing anything else for your career then i think it's a good decision yeah it's good if people are not sure like oh i well i you know i kind of want to be a like a <laughs> i kind of want to be a musician or i kind of want to yeah, go do that uh i kind of <laughs> want to be you know in in business or i want to you know work in a restaurant or i want to whatever any uh, if you want to be a comedian you know but seriously because like if you and for me like i just i could not think of anything else i would rather do than than go to med school and be a doctor but in the reason it, it's just not something that you want to just be like oh you know i guess i'll do this or i'll, I'll give that a shot because right. it's a decade it's a it's your yeah. entire it's it's your 20s yeah. Or if you decide later and you want to maybe do something else, like try to be a professional comedian for 10 years and then go back <laughs> to medicine, which you can do, it's still going to be 10 years. It's still going to be a an, an decade of your life spent with long hours, learning an incredible amount of information uh, to get to that point. And it, it's it's not all terrible that day. I mean, it, it's you do incredible things. You help a lot of people. You learn awesome. You meet a lot of people. You get to live in different parts of the country, which can be good for some people. Some people might not like that. But um, so the, so your experiences are really fascinating. But it's hard, and it's hard on not only you but also your family and what you know what they go through as well they they're they're along for the ride too and so it's it's definitely not something you choose on a whim it's got to be something that you just that's all you can think about that's all you that's all you can think of doing and then and then you do it so i i do and i i don't i don't try to dissuade people from it i never would because it's um because it is a it's a fascinating career i mean no job it's it's a job right many people say it's a calling sure okay i don't i don't really 
know exactly what that means to be honest <laughs> uh it's a job and right. every job has great things about it every job has terrible things there's lots of there's things about being a content creator that really suck that i don't like and and so you're never going to escape that but medicine is a little bit a little bit unique in in society and how you know you're really taking care of very vital functions for a patient, uh, their life, not for me, I'm an ophthalmologist, their vision, but, um, and so pretty, it, pretty it, important. It, so that's why it's not something that you just kind of decide on a whim. It's, it's, you really yeah. got to be in it with sure. feet. And Chris, and I imagine you would have something to say to like the spouses who have to support them through all that. Right? Oh boy. What I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, I mean, similar to that answer, I think there's, you know, there's pros and cons. And ultimately, if this is the person for you, then don't let it stop you from being with your person. Um, that said, if you're not sure if this is the person for you and you're marrying them because they're a doctor and that sounds good, you're going to be <laughs> sorely disappointed. Right. Um, I I do remember a time in med school, you know, listening to or reading on the internet which is never a good idea don't do that but i was reading on the internet you know these facebook groups of like medical spouses and things and a lot of people talking about how they never saw their spouses and they know you know just talking about all the bad parts and i was like whoa i don't know if i can do this um so i do remember having a moment moment like that but um and then i also when, remember did you have that moment <laughs> yeah we need, we need a specific school. date please was in, in in med school yeah you know you okay. made an impression on you we had a whole conversation about it. i was crying <laughs> well, well you clearly, gotta remember she saved you so you gotta yeah. take that in the chin and then i did i thought about it again um after the cpr you know after he almost died uh, and then it was like thank god he's an ophthalmologist CPR. <laughs> yeah no even during cpr i thought oh man you know, we just got to this point in our life that we have been working so hard to get to, and we didn't even get to enjoy it. And if I knew that this was the outcome and I could go back and do it again, I would not do that. I would not want to be spending our time that way, you know, if I knew that this was all that we had. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, just to be very honest about it, there, it is hard. It's hard and it's, time consuming and you have to be very secure in your own self and your own life and your own things going on, um, your own friend groups, your own everything, um, to, you know, be happy during that time. Um, but it's, you know, people do it all the time. It's possible. And there's other ways that life is hard that other people are dealing with. So, I mean, sure. there's no one right answer for anybody, but yeah, just make sure that you're sure that you're really, yeah. really sure <laughs> that you, you know, that it's worth it for you to be along for this ride. Yeah. When, when you were having that, uh, that kind of internal dialogue in your head at that moment, did that help you give a little bit extra oomph on the, compre <laughs> on the compressions? Oh God, I hope it, I'm glad it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer for you. Yes, it did. <laughs> I'm here. Just angry, honestly, but hey, that works, uh, whatever. Yeah. doesn't matter. No, Anger, love, whatever, <laughs> whatever gets, whatever gets those compressions going. It's, by the end. Mostly it was, was the thing that really, really, you know, once you ignite the fire in a mama bear, yeah. watch mm. out. Uh, yeah. So that's 
the honest answer, you know, of course I was thinking about us and about him and about how am I going to pay the mortgage all by myself and, you know, all the things. Uh, but the thing that just I think that I credit anyway for being able to go that long is just these kids are not going to wake up today and not have a dad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I think that's a really good perspective to have. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the podcast. So you guys have rolled out a very successful podcast called um, Knock Knock. Hi, right? Based on one of your, uh, based yes. on your characters. Knock, knock. Hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that came about and how y'all decided to do that together, whereas the majority of y'all's content, uh, you know, other than some videos yeah. and things, have been separate, right? So tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. We've always, we always, kind of, for a while, quite a while, we've played with the idea of doing a podcast together, coming up with, you know, ideas, things that we could talk about, because we, we've had an interesting life together and, and separately as well. And, uh, and we're pretty good about bantering with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, the truth is he couldn't handle a podcast all on his own because what people don't know is I'm actually the funny one. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, you know, we are, we already were thinking about it. And then um, we actually approached by this uh, production company, Human Content, and they're putting together a, a podcast network. And um, I guess they had come across my content and were interested in partnering with me on something and i was like hey let's do a co-hosting thing let me let's do it together we'll call it the something with the glock and fleckens and um at that point i mean this is really just within the past six eight months that this has been it, it yeah. kind of got got off the ground pretty quickly it feels like it's been Crazy. a lot longer but yeah. um uh and and so we knew we wanted to do it together and we chose knock knock high actually that was your idea for knock knock high because it's kind of like i had so many videos at that point all the i had this series of TikToks of the med student you know introducing himself by saying knock knock high i'm the new med student and so it seems sorry about all the different areas of medicine yeah yeah and so you know it kind of was a nod to the fact that we we're going to be talking to people from all areas of medicine and sure. Just kind of hearing about, hey, what do you do? What's life like for you? And and how did yeah. you get here? And that was and that was that's ultimately the goal, I think, for the podcast is showing a, a human side to being a physician or being in medicine. Uh, and be, because for a long time, it's it's been really been hard for people, healthcare professionals, to kind of show that side of themselves because either it's thought of as unprofessional or. Uh, for whatever reason. And, and I, I think it's helpful for the general public. The more I've been doing this thing on social media, it's shown me how important it is for the public to see us as like just regular people. You know, we just do this unique job in society. And so, um, uh, and so that's, that's the goal really to bring on people, bring on all these amazing guests um, who do just a, a variety of different things and and talk with them about you know have them share their own stories from training uh from their life as a doctor uh, and most of the time they're funny and sometimes (laughs) they're they're kind of shocking and uh, just kind of the whole gamut of emotions uh and so and then we, you know, we'll play little games with them as well. And it's just, it's just overall, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it it just, fun. yeah, shows a, a fun side to, to being in medicine. Yeah. Very good. So have you gotten, and you brought up a good point as far as like, this kind of like the cliche, like you have to 
always be professional and look a certain way and talk a certain mm -hmm. way. I mean, we've even gotten pushback. I feel like from our podcast is like, well, if you're going to be talking about, you know, this very important disease state, then you need to be blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And um, so that being said, I, I hopefully I feel like things are starting to shift a little bit. But have you gotten pushback from colleagues or just other physicians or other healthcare professionals on the Internet? I mean, I can't oh, imagine yeah. that I mean, you I've, haven't gotten I've, some. I've, I get it all. I get it frequently. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you'll. You know, when you when you when you use humor as a physician, you, you kind of invite that type of response because it's it's not it's not it's a relatively new thing. There's not a lot of people it's become more common, I think, over the last, you know, five, six, seven years of people, you know, showing that side of themselves on social media, having a, a social media platform where you use humor. I encourage it. I think it's fantastic. But as you, you have a lot of people who came into medicine at a time when that wasn't accepted and it wasn't thought of as a good thing that you needed to detach any emotion from what you do. And so I do think that's changing and that's that, that mindset is going to phase out of medicine and it should, because we don't, that's not good for our own mental health. It's not good for that physician patient relationship to to hide that side of yourself that's that it's your empathetic side uh, and um and so we need more of it and I, so i do think it's changing and you know the people that get mad at a particular thing you know as long as you know unless it's i mean sometimes i say things that maybe warrant a little bit of pushback and that's fine you know but if it's you can tell you know what's what's reasonable negative feedback and what's not reasonable people want to see that their doctors are genuine authentic human beings yeah. um you know we've moved from this model back in you know our parents and grandparents time where doctors were kind of seen as these deities but mm -hmm. uh, you know whatever you say doctor um but the <laughs> problem with that is when you make a doctor a deity you dehumanize them and that also makes them less functional because in fact they are human um, and all it does is deny them their humanity and deny them the chance to share humanity with their patients. Um, and I don't think that helps anyone heal from anything. Sure. Um, so I think it's a it's an outdated notion. And, and like you said, I think it is changing um, and, and life is hard and messy. And that's when you go through things like what we've gone through, you can see so clearly that it's not either or right. It's not you either are professional or you have fun, you can do both. Um, it's, it's both. And, you know, life is happy and sad. It's hard and wonderful. It's, you know, all of these conflicting things together. And so why any one profession needs to be any different than that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, I feel like it, in my opinion, it's almost like people who can separate those two, like I can be an intelligent person who's very capable um, and also be a normal person. I can turn that part of my brain off for a second when I'm just talking to someone who's not medical, let's say. I feel like that helps mm -hmm. you build so much better rapport with patients anyway. Like right. patients don't like the old school, like have their back, you know, to you just typing vigorously on their computer. Can Okay, right. what? Okay, yeah, just take these pills, get out. It's like yeah. they like that like human well, connection, like connection now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, they can I think that's find huge. the information on Google. They don't need to come to you for that, right? right? So now what they're looking for is, you know, the relationship, the connection, the the healing, not just here's the answer. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a, that's that's a great outlook on it. I, I definitely hope, and I feel like it is, but I definitely hope that that more and more kind of take over that mindset because I feel like it's going to be better for, like you said, you know, healthcare professional, mental health, and patient, you know, care in yeah. general. Yeah, and your content does a lot to to break down those walls. I think. Do you find that most of your followers are medical, uh, like people laughing at themselves, or do you have a, a swath of you know? Uh, Depends on the platform. You know, I think on TikTok, I have a, that's where my most non-medical audience is. Um, probably YouTube as well, but mostly TikTok, just the way the algorithm works. Twitter sure. is probably almost mostly ex medical. Mostly medical. Um, yeah, so it just kind of depends. I, I think I have more non-medical followers than I probably think I do. Yeah, which we were really surprised by at first because it seems like such like inside baseball kind of jokes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that people really like, you know, medical stuff. People are interested in it. Yeah. Even if that's not what they do professionally. You know, there's always been medical dramas on TV and, you know, right. various things. So I think it's just an area that people are interested in, which is, um, you know, another reason I came on the podcast. I kind of provide that voice of, you know, a non-medical person trying to understand what you're talking about and, and, and listening to these stories and finding humor in them as well, kind of bring that perspective. Sure. And even if you're not in the industry, everybody has an interaction with the doctor. Exactly. Like people, people know what, you know, the surgeons are like, even though it's a bit of a caricature, maybe generally what the personality types are like, or, yeah. you know, they see these right. other types of physicians. So maybe they don't know all the ins and outs of like a pathologist and stuff, but they, they right. interact with yeah. doctors and they can understand. Right. It's medical drama and it's like workplace dynamics and sure. you know who doesn't love those things yeah 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 absolutely and i imagine too is you know kind of just as you used humor going through some really really tough times i mean i imagine and i'm sure you've gotten even some feedback from your followers and stuff that uh it's probably helped a lot of people cope with difficult stuff whether it be med school or what have you um watching your comedy even if they're not themselves yeah. like someone who makes content like that but imagine it's helped them get through some tough situations or tough times. Yeah, I do hear that a lot, especially with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. people That's, use them to laugh at the end of a hard day, which is nice to hear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, in fact, I, I, I just did like a super quick like um, Reddit search, and I just, just here's one. The first comment that popped up is this dude is a comedic genius. Um, he legit helps me <laughs> sometimes when I watch him. I watch him to laugh when I don't know how to express how I feel about medicine. If you need a good la laugh, please check this out. Check out his videos. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and there's it's literally like a whole page of that. Um, just talking about agreed. I love him. I work in the ED, um, and his ED physician with the bike gear and helmet kills me. He's an absolute genius. So yeah, it's it's just I mean, one that's, after the other people awesome. talking about it. So that's you built a, a pretty awesome you know legacy for for y'all. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what do you Thank see you, this kind of user? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, do you see this going? Like, do you have a uh, do you have any kind of idea of like what your obviously the podcast is? I'm sure going to do great. And do you have any ideas yeah. of where it's going to go from here? Not not really. I mean, we don't have a lot of like long term goals. We just kind of see where it takes us you know yeah that's that's how we we've started the podcast the just whole thing that way the whole really. thing's been that <laughs> way and it's and so just uh, take it a day at a time and and build it and and see where it goes and I just what's I don't know. fun you know like what yeah. what is what's well, gonna keep the keep us engaged and keep it from being a job and more of just a fun thing to do yeah. right yeah. right 
how how much time and then you know and energy obviously but how much time does it take to make you know like one tiktok or reel yeah I mean, from writing to filming to editing to posting it's probably a little over two hours i would say right and, and that's some, including writing too yeah some of them go faster than others sometimes it takes me a while to get the script right um if there's a lot of characters and i'm doing a lot of costume changes it can take a little bit longer it could take three i mean he's he's using the word writing but i'm writing it's uh it's mostly in his head yeah, yeah. well I, I actually have been now that i have so many characters it's starting yeah, to get complicated a little more now but and yeah, so i this I, I, time it's just been like an I mean, idea in his head and then it comes yeah up that's how head. i used to do it and it, it is more efficient when i actually write it down and instead of like writing it in my head as i go and filming it, it so it's more stressful that way yeah. versus just planning it it's amazing how planning things and you. like you know yeah. uh it is is better i should apply that to other parts of my life yeah <laughs> we, we've been talking about planning stuff for our podcast for We're a while a but lot. it's still in the back burner yeah uh, right. yeah that's awesome i i like that if, i like that uh it's kind of like because again, one of the cliche things about like in medicine is like you have to have the five year goal and this, that, and the other, and everything has to be super structured. Oh. And, and you're, and you're kind of just like, eh, we're winging it and it's working. So why, why change? I love that. Exactly. That, I mean, that's that's fantastic. Um, what do you tell like you know younger, whether med students or residents or whatever, they're thinking about doing whatever their form of content creation would be to kind of get their name out and network with people. And um, yeah. do you give them any advice in that regard or tell them kind just of just to do it? And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you have a small audience, if you're, if you do something and you're passionate about it and that'll come across in the content and then you'll, you'll find your audience, you know? So I, I, I think it's, um, I, I just, I always encourage it. I think it's a good thing. And we need more, you know, people who actually know what they're talking about to be providing medical yeah. and health information on the internet, because sure. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's a cesspool out there. <laughs> so, um, the, the health and wellness industry um, you know, is a lot of bad is not thought. the most credible, I would say. Yeah, so sure. so the more credible people that can get out there and share actual helpful real information and are not just trying to sell you something, um, I think that'd be a benefit for everybody. Yeah. Buy buy my e ebook on natural medicines and you'll yeah. live to be two hundred. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. There's definitely a lot of absolute nonsense out there. No, that's that's really, really cool that you guys have been so successful with this and, and doing it together, too. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's that's very cool. And it's, it's probably an easier to convince, uh, you know, to, to give you that time to record these videos and stuff since you guys have uh, the, the podcast together and stuff. Now it's like, all right, we're, we're spending time yeah. checking two boxes at once. I like it. Yeah. I need, yeah, to, I need exactly. to convince my wife to get on here somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. So where um, where can people find you if they want more information or want to watch yeah. your videos? So you can find all of our um, on glockenflecken.com. That's our website. You can find all our social media feeds. It's pretty our, spell, our, shouldn't be yeah, a problem. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're all, all over social media, um, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Just type in glockenflecken. You'll find us Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, just make sure there's a lot of like fake accounts out there these days. Yeah. So make sure oh, you're make sure you're interacting with the real one. But yeah, but yeah. Did, I didn't. I guess that's probably true. You have probably people just reposting your videos, acting like it's. Yeah, no, that happens. Mm -hmm. That happens. But yeah, and check out our our, our podcast as well. You know. Yeah. Knock knock. High. Excited about that. Knock it's building hey. up. Knock knock. High. I love uh, y'all's uh, intro song. It's um, uh, we we don't have anything nice. like that, and it's oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. That 
Omer Benz-V is his name, the guy that did that, and he's incredible. Yeah, that's we awesome. need to get a guy. Yeah, we need to get yeah, a guy. Yeah, we need a guy or a girl. <laughs> or a girl. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And the last question I'll let you guys go because I know you're probably uh, ready to enjoy your night since you just got off, off work <laughs> before you recorded with us. Um, would you have a favorite video that you've done? Like one that you're just like, if you're going to show someone for the first time your video, do you yeah. have any that you show? I, probably the, uh, I like the critical care ophthalmologist. That's a very yes that's a good big one. favorite yeah. of mine i love that uh, one. i was gonna say that's that's also showed up multiple times in the reddit posts and yeah. things i saw so it turns out a lot yeah. of people like that one yeah that's that was a very great. real fear for for a hot second during COVID. Uh, so made yeah. a good video yeah, that's that's fantastic well um I, i'm sure uh that we'll hopefully get some of our listeners if they don't already probably all of our listeners already do follow you anyway but um if they haven't please uh, go check out the videos they're hilarious and um we just really appreciate y'all taking the time to be here with us. This has been really fun to talk with y'all and actually yeah. get to see you in real time instead yeah. of uh, just yeah. in the sketches. It's very cool. Thanks, yeah, for, having thanks us. for having us. Absolutely. Um, th thank you guys for listening. I hope uh, y'all enjoyed that. And if you do have any questions for Cole or myself, um, I, our emails will be in the show notes. You can reach us on any of the social media platforms. You can also text us directly at the number in the show notes. Um, definitely check out Dr. Glogenfecken on all the social media platforms as well. Check out the podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't like our kind of um, more laid back style of covering disease states, um, check out the Patreon. We have uh, basically old school structured lectures um, available on there for all kinds of different disease states covering pharmacotherapy. Uh, it's basically the lectures that I do for my PA students, essentially. Um, check that out. It's, it's a, a cheap way of kind of reviewing some of, some of your farm. Um, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.